Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. I'm Adam Epstein. Breaking news here on Odyssey Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Sam Fortier reporting for the Washington Post that Ron Rivera said Chase Young, defensive end, will play Sunday for the Commanders. Young had been out since the stinger that he received preseason game number one against the Browns. He was ruled out of game number one, and reports were out from the Athletics' Ben Standing that he would not return until week three. Sam Fortier reporting, though, just a few minutes ago, Ron Rivera telling reporters defensive end Chase Young will play Sunday for the Commanders against the Denver Broncos. That's breaking news here on Sports Radio 910 The Fan. You're listening to Adam Epstein. What could go wrong in Washington will go wrong. It's Murphy's Law of Washington. Noon to 3 every day on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. The offense is going to be putting up 35 points a game. The defense is going to be giving up 36. I just know it in my blood. The offense is going to be top 5. The defense is going to be bottom 5. Team's going to be 500. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. This Sunday will be on 1140 AM WRVA, available in your car and on the Odyssey app with a two-hour pregame show and a two-hour postgame show that I'm proud to be part of. It's the postgame gut check and... It is a West Coast game, so I know I'll be on the postgame show probably Sunday around 8.15. It'll be a long Sunday afternoon. It'll be a good one, though, if the Commanders can get a win and go to 2-0 for the first time since 2011. But Chase Young, back? Chase Young, back for the Commanders? Back again? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. I guess we got to talk about it. We avoided talking about Chase Young all week long. But the news just came out, Sam Fortier reporting. Ron Rivera told reporters that Chase Young will play for the Commanders this Sunday. That's the lead story as we talk a little Commanders here at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Chase Young back. I guess we got to talk about it. 833-804-0910. What kind of impact do you think Chase Young will make if he suits up for the Commanders this Sunday? With Ron Rivera telling reporters just a few minutes ago, Chase Young will play in Denver against the Broncos. I'm surprised that mile high wasn't too much for him. He can handle those conditions. Look, for a long time, I defended Chase Young. I said he's not a bust. He dealt with injuries. And that's not on him. But then he continued to mock me by not showing up to voluntary workouts. Oh, they're voluntary. Who cares? No, but everybody else shows up except for Chase Young, where he went to get the bag of money because he didn't care about bonding with his teammates. And then the news broke just before my show ended on Saturday of last week that he would be out week one. And it was at that point that I completely changed my stance about Chase Young. 
I said he's not a gamer. He doesn't have heart. Because if he did, he would have lined up Sunday for the Commanders. Well, they sat him out for a week because the doctors wanted to see how he would respond to contact. Well, he must have responded well in practice this week. He was listed as a full participant in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And the news just came out that Chase Young is back and will suit up for the Commanders on Sunday. I don't have any expectations for him, though. It used to be, oh, yeah, I'd hope for him to get half a sack a game, right? So he ends up with eight or nine sacks for the season. Give me one tackle for loss. Give me a forced fumble once every four weeks. I don't have any of those expectations. My expectation for Chase Young this Sunday would just be, see if he can suit up for five or six snaps. I don't know. Maybe he can make a difference. I know Montez Sweat on the other side will be a difference maker. I know the two big dogs in the middle, the Grizzly Bears, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, will make a difference. I know Emmanuel Forbes and Benjamin St. Juice on the outside will make a difference, and Cam Curl and Derek Forrest at safety, but I don't know about Chase Young. I'm worried that something's going to happen in the middle of the game, and you're not going to see him in the third and the fourth quarter. Is he going to be able to respond to a tight end, you know, trying to crack block him, or a right tackle going low on him? Is he going to be able to handle this contact? Or is he going to have a neck injury flare up in the middle of the game? I don't know what to expect. I, I really don't. But I do believe that Chase Young back is a good thing for the defense. And it should mean you get less double teams for Montez, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Is this possibly... A revenge game for Ron Rivera. Could he actually be mad at Sean Payton? I don't believe Ron Rivera has a you know an upset bone in his body where he could actually hold a grudge on Sean Payton. But Sean Payton took over as the Denver Broncos head coach earlier this year. It was shortly after that when he made headlines on Radio Row at the Super Bowl mentioning the Washington Commanders. And I'm thinking... Why would the new head coach of the Broncos mention the Commanders? Well, he dropped this bombshell. Quote, everyone's waiting to see what happens in Washington. And there's some interest from some potential ownership groups that are going to be bidding on it. That currently had bid on the team. That were getting ahead of the game saying, hey, if we get awarded this team, would you? And so there's a lot of different things at play. He went on to say, that place had had a great tradition. Like when I came into the league, my first two years were in Philly. My next four were in New York. And then my next three were with the Cowboys. My whole NFL career prior to New Orleans was in the NFC, the NFC East. And what happened to that program? He went on to destroy Ron Rivera, the commanders, and Dan Snyder even more. Saying, listen, that place, my uncle loved that Washington franchise. Last year, we go there to play, and pregame, I'm looking up at the crowd, and a third of the fans are Saints fans. And I'm like, what happened to this place? That was one of the six pillars of football. So there's a lot to unbuckle about those comments from Sean Payton last year at Super Bowl Radio Row. Number one, is he actually taking a shot at Ron Rivera by saying that new ownership groups that were bidding on the franchise, possibly Josh Harris, he didn't name names, reached out to see if he would be interested and being the coach. I said on these airways right here that if Dan Snyder didn't sell the franchise, Ron Rivera would have been fired last year. And I truly believe that. 
He had this team at seven and five. They finished the season eight, eight, and one. You go one, three, and one to end the end the season and get knocked out of the postseason. Yeah, you do deserve to be fired. Ron Rivera would have been fired, but instead Dan Snyder had his eyes set on six point oh five billion dollars. And I do believe that new ownership groups sniffing around, maybe it was the Greek, the rich Greek guy, were reaching out to head coaches because they were interested in starting their new era with a new coach, new quarterback, and a new entire system. Ron Rivera got saved because the sale was delayed. And by the time Josh Harris took over, we were in training camp. There was no firing Ron Rivera. Not at all. So Ron Rivera got saved. This is a lame duck season for Ron Rivera. I don't believe Josh Harris looks at him as the guy to lead this franchise to a Lombardi trophy. He's a stopgap. He's going to get you through this season while Josh Harris is a fly on the wall. And then he's going to make changes. So I do think this could be a revenge game for Ron Rivera if he cared to hold a grudge to Sean Payton. I'm not sure that he does. I think he's going to have this team fired up. I like how they're they're going to be drinking the beet juice to handle the altitude. They're going to get it in and out in 24 hours. So I like their chances to win. I'll give you my keys to victory when we return. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, in case you missed it, Chase Young, defensive end for the Commanders with that next stinger, has been removed from the team's injury list per Ron Rivera's press conference. Chase Young will play Sunday for the Washington Commanders, who will travel across the country to Mile High Stadium to face off against the Denver Broncos, Richmond's own Russell Wilson against Slingin' Sammy Howell. Break that de- game down right now. Give you my prediction and keys to victory on the Commander's Corner. Look, getting Chase Young back is huge for the defense, and the defense played well last week. I do think this is going to be a low-score defensive battle. Last week, Russell Wilson threw for under 200 yards. Sam Howell actually out- outpassed him, outperformed him week one, did have a bunch of turnovers, Sam Howell, uh, but Russell Wilson just throwing for five yards in average. He's become the king of the checkdowns. He does not force it deep like he used to, which made him so special because, yeah, he would check down, check down, check down, and then he'd burn the top off your defense with DK Metcalf, with Doug Baldwin, with Tyler Lockett, and put six points on the board. It's not the same Russell Wilson that it was with the Seahawks, and he wasn't good all of last season with the Denver Broncos. Now, defensively, though, Denver is very good. They can get after the quarterback. They've got solid corners on the outside, good linebacker play as well. They're going to be able to stop this Washington defense, uh, I think, more times than not this weekend. So let's get right to it here. It is Commanders at Broncos. 425 will be your kickoff. AWOD's keys to... Victory. All right, number one, Sam Howell. Sam Howell needs to have less than two turnovers. All right? Sam Howell can afford to have one mistake in this game against the Broncos. Last week, he had that bad interception where he held onto the ball too long. Don't know if the pass got tipped or his arm got hit on the release, but it was a wobbler. 
and it was intercepted by the Cardinals. Team was able to respond to that, though. Well, then again, he fumbled the ball, had it returned for the touchdown, and really, I, I think nine times out of ten in the last few years, Washington loses that game. New offense, new season, new era, new life in the building at home with the fan base, and they were able to recover from the three turnovers. That's not going to happen again this weekend. You have three turnovers on the road in Denver. I'm sorry, but you lose this contest. All right? So Sam Howell can afford to have one mistake. Hopefully it's not a fumble. I'm okay with him having an interception where he's forcing it downfield. But nobody else could have a mistake. Antonio Gibson can't have a fumble. Logan Thomas can't have a fumble. Jamison Crowder can't botch a punt. Sam Howell is allowed to have one mistake. The rest of the team has to keep it mistake-free. That's key number one to victory for the Commanders. Number two. So last week, I watched the game, and then I watched the game again on my film review. And my big takeaway defensively was, man, they could have stepped in front of a pass and changed the game. They stepped in front of the pass and then dropped it, or stepped in front of the pass and made a, a pass deflection, or they got a tip on it, or they knocked it out of somebody's hands. The defense played really good, but they didn't make the game-changing play until the end of the third quarter when it came from Montez Sweat with his sack fumble on Josh Dobbs. I think that was terrific. The defensive line played great. I need more from the secondary. All right, so I'm looking at Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler, who nearly had an interception. Emmanuel Forbes, Ben Simmons, St. Juice, and Kendall Fuller. The defense needs to make an interception of Russell Wilson for the Commanders to win this game. I think it's going to be possible. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Even though, like I said, Russell Wilson has been throwing it short in Game 1. He tried to fit it into some tight windows. He did have a few interceptable balls. Emmanuel Forbes uh, was really highly rated uh, by Pro Football Focus from his Week one performance, so that's got to give you uh, a lot of confidence. He played 38 defensive snaps. That's 65% of the playtime. Allowed just one reception for eight yards to uh, Hollywood Brown on three targets as the nearest defender. He aligned as the boundary corner on 33 of 38 snaps and was ranked 10 out of all corners who played week one, according to Pro Football focus and so uh key number two is the defense to make an interception number three if you are going to win this game on the road if you're going to win a defensive battle low scoring game on the road you need your superstar to make a play last year there were three games in which taylor heineke with the game on the line said you know what yolo ball you only live once you only have one opportunity to win the game he threw up a 50 50 ball you know who came down with the catch and won the game on three different occasions Terry McLaurin. McLaurin was not heavily involved week one. Uh, he did have the big pass interference play that helped the offense a ton on the second drive of the game. And the defense did a good job taking him out of the game. He had one play where he broke past his defender on a play action uh, post route. Sam Howell was scared to throw the ball downfield. So how do the commanders win? Key number three, McLaurin goes over 75 yards. If you are going to win on the road, you have to get your ace involved. You have to get your pl best player involved early and often. If McLaurin has, you know, five catches for 86 yards, I think that's enough for the Commanders to win this game. I don't, I'm not saying McLaurin has to get in the end zone, and, and we do know that the red zone offense is a key to victory for sure every single week, and it was a big part of the Commanders sneaking out a victory against the Cardinals with Sam Howell running it in on third down. All right, so you have to be good in the red zone, but my third key to victory is just Get McLaurin the ball early, often. If he goes over 75 yards, if the defense is scared of McLaurin, it's going to open things up for Dotson and Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas 
And both the running backs in the backfield, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. McLaurin going over 75 yards is my third key to victory. As Michael Phillips talked himself into a commander's victory, it would mean the team would go 2-0 for the first time since 2011. And I will follow suit and go on record with a prediction that the commanders defeat the Broncos by the weird, awkward, don't know how they get to it final score of 19-16. to 19 to 16 is my final score. Um, maybe it is a touchdown to Terry McLaurin and then four Joey Sly field goals. I, I hope that's not the case because red zone, uh, it drives me crazy when you get to the red zone and you don't score. But I'm going with the awkward, weird score of a commander's road victory, 19 to 16. And we will once again celebrate a victory Monday here on 910 The Fan. Every Monday, you can catch me live from Capitol Hill House in Innsbruck from 12 to 3 p.m. Official prediction, Commanders win 19 to 16. we got a lot still to come on the show today, including the debut of a new segment, All Out Blitz. Matthew Paris, who covers the Commanders for the Washington Times, will join us at 2 p.m. And Trey Wilson, play-by-play -play voice of the Flying Squirrels, who clinched a playoff spot. We'll hop on the program at 2.15. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. I was flying. Yeah, running down a dream. That never would come to me. Working on a mystery. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a football Friday in Richmond, Virginia. Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Got you covered on both ends of the dial. Here in RVA, 910 AM, 1051 FM. So a theme that I've noticed around the National Football League is, you know, when I was growing up, all the big stars were running backs. You know, you had LaDainian Tomlinson. For Washington, it was Clinton Portis. You had Priest Holmes, uh, Jerome Bettis. All the big names in the NFL felt like they were running backs. And then, of course, if quarterbacks, you know, everyone knew the quarterback for each team. Well, now, the guy that everyone knows for each team, of course you know the quarterback. You don't know the running back. What you do know, though, is the leading pass rusher. And that has been the theme over the last few years. Pass rushers are getting paid like they're quarterbacks. Well, as running backs are getting dumped to the streets and looking for work. I mean, seriously. You got Jonathan Taylor right now, the lead back from last season and the year before that. And he's not playing the first four weeks of the season. It's not an injury. He's just not getting paid like he was expecting to. Josh Jacobs held out for the Raiders. So many holdouts throughout the rest of the National Football League. Dalvin Cook had to take a pay cut to play for the Jets. But you know who got paid? The Watt brothers, Leonard Williams, Chris Jones just got paid. The sack rushers are all getting paid. The guys that go after the quarterbacks are now being paid like they are skill position players and so we debut a new segment here on the fan it's called all out blitz this is the all out blitz on awad radio throughout the nfl season we track the sack leaders the game changers the unstoppable who will be the nfl's best pass rusher this season find out on the all out blitz So Nick Bosa is the reigning NFL sack leader and the defensive player of the year. 
last year for the 49ers in 16 games. He recorded 41 tackles and an impressive 18 and a half sacks. Well, second place was Miles Garrett for the Cleveland Browns, and he started the season hot in week one. He finished last year with 16 sacks, and according to ESPN, they like Miles Garrett as their prediction to be the 2023 NFL sack leader. Here's how they did their prediction model. All right. It is sack totals and rates over the past two seasons, plus project, uh, projected snaps, plus how often a defensive coordinator head coach has blissed in the past, plus how often opposing quarterbacks on each player's upcoming schedule get sacked, a player's team win total which matters because a winning team forces opponent to take greater risk and pass more, leading to more sacks, and how often a player rushes from an edge opposed to the interior. So, here's their prediction for the 2023 season. Honorable mention, Chris Jones. He missed week one, obviously. Well, now he's back for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're predicting his sack total to be 10 in 2023. Number five. According to ESPN, Hassan Reddick, who was terrific last season for the Philadelphia Eagles, finishing the year with 16 sacks and 17 games played. They predict Reddick will get 11 sacks this year. Coming in at number four, T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was um, injured last season. They're predicting 11 and a half sacks for Watt. How about Micah Parsons? Parsons has been such a stud since coming into the lead with the Dallas Cowboys. He had 13 and a half sacks last year in 17 games for the Cowboys. They are predicting 12 sacks this season. Number two, Nick Bosa, last year's sack leader, predicted to be second this year at 13 sacks. And Miles Garrett, second last season, predicted to have 14 sacks this season. But the leader right now, the lead pass rusher, because he has played two games and he has four sacks. That's Daniel Hunter for the Minnesota Vikings. T.J. Watt with a, uh, a very impressive opening week. He had three sacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who looked terrible in their opening game against the 49ers. Didn't matter. T.J. Watt was still able to get home, had three sacks on Brock Purdy. Josh Allen. No, not the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, the Linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a good week one, and they are our certified game of the week. Week two, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Josh Allen, the pass rusher, get after Patrick Mahomes? He had an impressive stat line of three sacks in week one. Also, three tackles for a loss. Drake Jackson with three sacks in the opening week for the San Francisco 49ers. Quinton Jefferson. One of the best playmakers in the NFL, the defensive tackle for the Jets. He recorded two sacks in their week one comeback victory against the Buffalo Bills. Dorrance Armstrong, the defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, into the top six with two sacks in week one for the Cowboys and that 40 to nothing romp of the New York Giants. Brian Burns, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers with two sacks. Dennis Gardeck of the Arizona Cardinals was able to bring down Sam Howell twice in their Week 1 game. Danico Autry, Tennessee Titans. He'll be looking to get paid at the end of this season. A sack and a half for the Titans. 
Leonard Floyd with a second half for the Buffalo Bills. Montez Sweat rounds out your top 10 with a sack and a half for the Commanders against the Arizona Cardinals. Honorable mention, after the first week of the NFL season, Josh Sweat was able to get after the quarterback. He is the defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Arden Kay with a sack and a half for the Titans. Carl Granderson, the defensive end for the New Orleans Saints. And the last guy I wanted to mention here on the All Out Blitz was Demarcus Lawrence doing it again this season for the Cowboys with a sack week one and also a tackle for loss in the Cowboys blowout of the New York Giants. So who do I like this weekend? Well, you look at the NFL Sunday slate, and I do think the game of the week, certified game of the week, is Chiefs at Jags. But the game that I believe could have the most sacks, I think it is the Denver Broncos against the Washington Commanders. Like I said, I do expect this to be a low-scoring affair. It's going to be a defensive battle. Montez Sweat with a sack and a half week one. I think he gets another sack and a half week two. Uh, we know that the Denver Broncos have an Im impressive pass rush, even though they didn't have a player to record two sacks in week one. Sam Howell gave up six sacks, and I just don't see him making that kind of an improvement. You know, he's such a young quarterback. The biggest frustration is his pocket presence, his awareness in the backfield there. He's going to get sacked. Look, he got sacked six times week one. All right? Washington last year averaged about six or seven sacks per game. Carson Wentz was a statue. Taylor Heineke was taking sacks because he was trying to make plays happen. Sam Howell is going to fall into that same category. I think the Denver Broncos also get either four or five sacks in this matchup against the Commanders. So that is All Out Blitz on AWOD Radio every single week. You know, you got radio shows across the country. They're talking quarterback. They're talking running back. They're talking wide receiver. I've noticed there's not enough focus on the guys that are getting paid right now, right? The Nick Boses, Chris Jones just got paid, J.J. Watt. You are going to see defensive ends get paid because of the work that they do getting after the quarterback, and we will track it all year long on All Out Blitz every Friday at 1.30 on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Matthew Paris will join us at 2 p.m. to preview Commanders at Broncos. And then we've got our weekend preview every Friday at 2.45. I'll make my official selection for the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool and more. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Just after 145 here on a football Friday, September 15th, here in Richmond, Virginia. We've got a good college football game tonight, UVA at Maryland. We'll discuss that a little bit later on the show today and go through the rest of the college football Saturday slate. And then I've got to pick some winners for Sunday and give you guys my official Survivor Pool Lock of the Week. Coming up on the fan on the final hour of the show. But right now, it's time to mix it up a little bit and catch you up on the latest 
food news around the country and locally here in Richmond on Dude Food. Dude Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude Food. All right, so I guess we should start Dude Food with the story... Uh, locally that I'll be going to, and that is the St. Benedict Oktoberfest. I'm looking forward to getting out there, checking out the chicken dance. So festivities begin today at 4 p.m. It's 4 to 11. Tomorrow, 11 to 11. That's when you can uh, check. definitely catch me out there trying some German beer and, and, and eating whatever food that they're offering there um, in food trucks. And there's going to be dancing, a Steinholding competition, and it's always a ton of fun. Uh, there and I went last year and met up with some of my friends and so uh, we're all saying we're coming back Saturday probably around 4 p.m. and then you can also check it out Sunday as well it's the St. Benedict's Oktoberfest going on in the Museum District here in Richmond Virginia Christopher what was the story that was the lead story on your mind for dude food uh, right now it's it's National Burger Day coming up on Monday the 18th Okay. It's National Burger Day, and and everyone is coming out for it. Let Burger me hear what King, you got. Burger King offering a free cheeseburger with any purchase of one dollar or more. Uh, McDonald's offering fifty cent double cheeseburger deal, Whoa. which is crazy. I don't know if you can get like a bunch, yeah, or if it's just one fifty cent <laughs> double cheeseburger. Uh, Wendy's offering one cent junior bacon cheeseburger with any purchase on the app. Uh, Dairy Queen is offering a free cheeseburger with any order of one dollar or more. So it sounds like anywhere that's got a burger, and that's on Monday. What, yeah, it's like, Monday. Who died and made Monday National Cheeseburger Day? Like I don't understand. Where, what's that from? I'm I'm wondering if it's just a September the 18th thing. Yeah, and not necessarily Mondays. Well, uh, Richmond is the burger capital of America, so maybe on Monday I should go out uh, to try one of my favorite burger spots. My my top three, of course, love Capital Ale House to get the Smokehouse Burger. Uh, bovine burger concept, and then I keep going back there. One, because it's right in my backyard, but Easy Burger, right behind ZZQ. I love their burger. Don't love their fries, but I love their burger. I'm a wooden iron guy. You oh, been you to have? wooden iron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love wooden iron. You know what wooden iron does? And I feel like every place in town should do this, because it's for the big boys, right? Guys like me that have a nice gut in their stomach and they like to watch football, the game day offer at wooden iron. Instead of Getting a burger and fries. You get a burger and five wings. Oh, that is that's an awesome good. combo. I think every place in town should do that. Because as you're a dude, you eat a burger and you're like, you know what? I could eat a little more because I'm going to be sitting here for three and a half hours watching football. Might as well get six wings. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. And they and they even like even the not the burgers like yeah. they're the crispy chicken salad where they just put like twenty chicken tenders in a salad. <laughs> like that's uh, it, my favorite restaurant right now. Have you ever heard of a Juicy Lucy. I have not heard of a Juicy Lucy. So uh, uh, somebody was telling me about a Juicy Lucy, and I you look this up for me. I don't know where it's from or whoever invented the Juicy Lucy, or maybe it's called the Lucy Juicy. But what I heard what it was is you take a burger patty, all right, and you kind of cut out the center of it, and you put cheese in it, and then put the meat back on top, smush it, and then cook the burger with the cheese kind of melting out. And they have a, uh, a Juicy Lucy ad boulevard burgers and fries and it is so good i actually had it the other day after pickleball it's like topped with queso cheese it's amazing at boulevard burgers and fries yeah i'm looking at pictures of it that's 
Looks, I, that looks harder to make. I know. <laughs> I'd, I want to say worry. that someone told me it's a Pennsylvania thing, but I can't confirm uh, where it's from. But it is. It's a good burger. Say in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know what? That's exactly. That's what the, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania. I was so wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other story I want to bring up on Dude Food today was Olive Garden. So explain to the audience what Olive Garden is doing. Never-ending pasta bowl coming back. You can just keep the breadsticks are already never ending. Now the pasta is too. <laughs> so it's beginning September 18th. All the hot promos are beginning September 18th. $13.99, never ending. Meatballs, Italian sausage, crispy chicken. I mean, that is awesome. So uh, what I'm wondering is how many bowls could you see yourself having, right? And I mean, the, the thing is, is these places with never ending deals when it's a sit down restaurant. Yeah. They make the waiters and waitresses. They don't come by often. No, no, no. You, you know, don't. Red Robin, they give you like, it's oh, it's unlimited fries. And they give you 10 and then right. you don't see them again for an hour. I know. You got to track the person yeah. down. <laughs> you know, no, the key to getting more fries at a place like that is you order more drinks. Then they have to come back to deliver those drinks. And you you start shaking your basket. Oh, hello. This is empty. <laughs> I would like more barbecue sauce while you're at it. <laughs> but then I'm paying for drinks. I want... I want my free, or I just keep drinking water, just downing water, and I, I need refills. Now, the article does say on Chewboom.com, we love Chewboom. Oh, that's what I've been using. Uh, that you have to sign up for Olive Garden's e-club membership by September 16th if you want to get uh, in on the never-ending pasta bowl promotion that will begin nationwide on September 25th and run through November 19th. So it's a short um, never-ending pasta bowl. I think uh, that's for the early access. Oh, that's early that's access. That's early access. And then on the 25th, the, the rest of the world can have their never-ending pasta. All right, so right now, how confident are you that you could finish four bowls? Never-ending, four bowls, one sitting. Could uh, you do it? Can I can I skip out on breadsticks and salad? Am yes. I just eat? Oh, yes. easy. Really? Oh, yeah. I can eat. Are you a big eater? I'm a big eater. Really? Yeah. Have you ever done an eating competition? No. No, because I think if I forced myself to... I would be unhappy. So are you just are you a, a big eater over a long period of time or will you get this down quick? I think I could do it quick. I really? mean sometimes I'll I'll get a I'll get a frozen pizza yeah. and then I'll eat it. Like I'll eat the whole pizza. I've, I've done that before. You know, like I and that's easy for me. I'm not ashamed to say I, I love a solo pizza. Oh yeah. A personal pan. Yeah. Right? From right from DiGiorno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I I mean I mean pasta's hard to get down. That's the problem right there, is the pasta. I think I could do I don't think I could do four. I think I could do three if I changed sauces. If I went yeah. like pesto one, marinara the other, and, and then, you know, like an Alfredo. If I went too much of one sauce, it'd be overload and, and my body would reject it. They do pretty small bowls there, though. And I bet with Unlimited, it's going to be a small bowl. Even smaller? Yeah. I mean, have you seen Applebee's is doing Unlimited wings right now? No. And that, yeah. Really? People are going crazy for those. Is there, yeah. a, is there an Applebee's around here? There's got to be. There's got to be, gotta, right? yeah, I mean, they're it's, everywhere. It's, I think it's the same price. It's like 12 13 bucks for unlimited wings from Applebee's, really? and you get like five at a time. Anytime I think of Applebee's, I, I my mind immediately goes back to the movie Hall Pass. That's where they went to pick up chicks. They went to Applebee's. <laughs> it's one of the funniest decisions in, in movie history. <laughs> what a... I haven't been to Applebee's since I was like eight. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Any other stories you wanted to bring up on Dude Food today, dude? Yeah, on September 19th. Okay. So one day later, uh, talk like a pirate at Long John Silver's for, for a free piece of chicken or fish. Okay. And you could dress like one for a two-piece basket. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I've... Only done the dress up for free food bit once, and it was uh, 
Chipotle said if you dress up in a Halloween costume, you got free uh, a free burrito. I did it in college, and you know what? I should be doing it more often because it was simple. You know, I didn't even wear the costume more than 10 minutes, got the free burrito, went home, took the costume off. Anytime that there's a free food offer and it's simple like that, you should take advantage of it. Well, but the the problem is that it's Long John Silver's. Yeah, I and have you have well, you had you, it? To dress like a pirate, it's, that's a little much. That's, you know? Yeah, that's you can't pull a costume out. You know, no. like you did for Halloween. You right. have to like either like have been a pirate or like have pirate like and like for like a, a piece of fish from a fast food place. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. You're yeah. not going to see me trying uh, the fillet of fish. Uh, the one story we didn't get to earlier this week that w- went viral was the 600,000 gallons of wine that flooded the streets of Portugal. Do we know anything about this? Like, how did that happen? Because I saw the videos, and it looks like a river of wine. I mean, basically, a a winery just, like, it it burst. Like, there was a burst, and and they lost 10 years of wine. Oh, my God. Like, 10 years of wine. And... (laughs) Just down down the streets. It looked yeah. like the elevator opening in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the pictures and videos were unbelievable. It, re- it looked like something out of a movie. It is flowing through the streets. I mean, they say it was uh, enough wine to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool. How about that going whitewater rafting down that? <laughs> just, uh, just stick a cup out the side of the window and get some fresh water. Yeah, get a little bit of little gravel in there, yeah. too, for, for texture. It is an unbelievable story. It is painting the town red. Two tanks of wine burst, 600,000 gallons. It is crazy. My goodness. Do you do you know what, like, if, if you if you had somebody say, hey, I want you to pick up an expensive bottle of wine. Would you know what to get? Oh, no. Me neither. No idea. <laughs> I, I'm still, I've barely moved past boxed wine. <laughs> so. so you haven't you haven't tried experiments with <laughs> no, Pinot Grigio or any of those stuff. Yeah, no, my... I'm I'm definitely not a wine connoisseur. I know I know beer pretty well. Uh, I'm pretty good at, at dark liquors. Wine, I'm out. I, yeah. I enjoy it, but I'm not gonna ever go to a restaurant and get wine. Like, no, right? no. Like the the big boss around here took me out to dinner. You know what I I said I said I'll take an old fashioned. That is yeah, that's yeah, my that's, drink of that's, choice. That's a fair. I'm not doing a bottle of wine. I'm not matching the wine with with my meal. You know, you have to do white wine with fish and all that. Yeah, because what if you do wrong and then he judges you? Right, exactly. you don't know. I know. I know people do judge you about the wine you choose. I'll stick to an old-fashioned. With Maker's Mark, please. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it's Commanders at Broncos. That game can be heard here in Richmond on 1140 AM. WRVA, Matthew Paris, Commander's Beat Reporter for the Washington Times, will break it down with us next on The Fan.